When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We are uh, so happy that Akua Ellis is joining us. She is the Senior Vice President of Community Impact at Greater Twin Cities United Way. Akua, thank Thanks. you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you all virtually. Yeah, yeah, I know it. That is the way it is. Normally you would be in studio, but that it. feels like months ago. Or it really years. does. Uh, so, Akua, we need your help. Can you give us some? <laughs> we just need your help. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've been really fortunate because... Um, some of our listeners have been suggesting people to talk to in our community and in different um, organizations that might be helpful to help people understand the systematic racism that has been going on in the Twin Cities forever and in our, in our country. And um, Kelly was fortunate enough today to um, say that you would be someone that we should really talk to because you, um, you know, maybe give everybody a little background on your role with the uh, Greater Twin Cities United Way. Sure. Uh, so uh, as SVP of Community Impact uh, for United Way, I'm responsible for all of our grant making, uh, systems change and advocacy and coalition work, uh, as well as operations of our 211 24-7 resource helpline. And all of that work is in service to uh, a focus on household security Educational success and economic opportunity. That's a, that's a that's lot. That's a lot of work. That's I know. A, I know it. I know. <laughs> I have it. a tremendous team to help drive it all. That that's good. So you know, as a leader and and person of color, focusing on helping people in the Twin Cities who do experience injustice and equi- and inequities, w- share with us. You know, just your point of view on what we all saw happen last week with the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. uh, So, you know, even more specific than being a person of color, I'm, I'm African-American. So I'm a black woman. I'm Mm -hmm. a black mom, uh, mom of a a son who is cute and squishy uh, Mm -hmm. and thoughtful (laughs) and empathic and also larger uh, than most kids his age. And it's hard for me sometimes to think about what this world will be like for him when he's no longer cute and squishy, uh, but seen as a threat. Uh, And so what people saw play out on the news and on social media over and over again was uh, my worst nightmare and an all too familiar scene. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, the racism itself is not new. What's new is uh, our ability to capture it in real time. 
uh, and not have it be a, a he said, she said kind of conversation, uh, but to have uh, vis- visual evidence um, of injustice and just inhumane uh, treatment. You also saw indifference yes. uh, no among kidding. among the, the, the peers of, of, of that officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I would say is what we've seen in the last week in response to that video uh, and the delay in arresting any officer uh, is really the straw that broke the camel's back. Are you all able to hear yeah. me okay? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We're just listening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it did um, seem so, like that. You know, like it was just, oh, enough. Yeah. How many times do we have to see this? And, and you know, and not just the, the, the death, uh, but the arrogance that is required to do something so gruesome in broad daylight in front of your colleague, in front of the general public, mm-hmm. um, just the just depraved indifference for his life uh, was just too much uh, to bear. And I think he, uh, Mr. Floyd represents the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, this has been building over centuries. Someone, uh, I've recently came upon uh, a history of state-sanctioned violence against black bodies uh, from the beginning of time. And there's a lot of similarities between what we have seen in recent history uh, and the playbooks that has spanned the existence of of our country. And so this is not new. What's new is our ability uh, to to own the narrative in some instances uh, and an unwillingness to just sit still. You know, I think uh, some of what we're experiencing in terms of the unrest is a battle between folks who have felt oppressed and been oppressed for centuries and those who are committed to maintaining their ability to to be oppressors. Uh, I was at a rally recently, and uh, Valerie Castile, the mother of Philando Castile, Mm -hmm. shared that she mentioned, and I remember this after the verdict of... uh, the officer who killed her son, she cautioned us that if we don't make systemic change, this will happen again, uh, and and it has happened all across the country uh, and right here in our own backyard um, and for all of us to see, um, and we can't look away. No, I, you're right, and um, thank you so much for sharing you know, your experience and your knowledge with us. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Akua Ellis. She's Senior Vice President of Community Impact at the Greater Twin Cities United Way. You know, this is a question um, that feels weird to ask you, but what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? Sure. So there's a, a broader movement, a decentralized movement that is Black Lives Matter. But I'll talk to you about what the phrase means to me. Because I think it gets mixed up okay. often. Um, and I don't know how much of that is willful uh, resistance to honoring the notion and how much is just a misunderstanding. So what I will say is the phrase Black Lives Matter uh, to me means it's a demand. I demand that you treat me as though my life matters. It's a plea. Please see my humanity. And it's an affirmation. I do matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yep. Thank you for saying, I mean, yeah, well, we were just, we were, had been talking before you got on the air that we were like so happy, like that Billie Eilish just fired off to all of her Insta people about this all lives matter, like just shut the hell up. It doesn't, 
you know, like going to the breast cancer walk and yelling, all cancer matters. You know, it's like just I, I love it when that we were having a lot of, um, you know, younger people of influence who are really speaking up and, you know, demanding change also. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. What can we do, Akua? How can white people be better allies to people of color? How much time do we have? No, we got time. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> you know, there are a couple of things, and one is a, a, a really nice segue to this, this last point uh, that was made in that I, my sense when I'm applying a, a lens of empathy to the the response of others who would, would say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter is that it is a diminishing of a unique experience, mm-hmm. and it's often, in my observation, um, in service to resisting uh, change. It well change, eh. but also it's resisting an uncomfortable conversation. Mm. Yep, it's resisting reckoning with an uncomfortable truth. And so, one of the things, a very simple thing that uh, your listeners can do, and and, and other white folks can do. Uh, is to resist the urge to minimize uncomfortable conversation. I can't tell you how many times I've sat around tables with major decision makers or policy makers uh, where the work is, is focused on equity in name, but the moment the, the topic of race and, and more specifically racial inequality or oppression it comes up, it goes over like a lead balloon. Right. I know we've gotten really good at using the term equity. It's, it's, it's become somewhat of a buzzword for some folks, or you feel mm-hmm. obligated to speak to it without any real commitment to the notion, which is sharing of power, which is you know listening to those who are directly impacted by whatever change it is that you're trying to create and leveraging their lived experience to inform the work going forward. We have lots of people with lots of fancy degrees and expertise academically, or maybe even in practice, but not necessarily on the receiving end of that practice, who are making decisions for folks who have answers but lack access to resources, lack access to an ear, lack access to a platform. And so one really tangible way to be an ally is to just listen, Mm. to resist the urge to defend yourself, don't be defensive, to honor someone else's experience, lean into curiosity, use the discomfort as information for for where you've got more learning to do. We all have more. Like, I'm oh. constantly learning. I'm not oh. a, a an expert at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, uh, but, but I'm curious. This, those, that just makes so much sense. But Lori and I know, like, our shows have been really difficult. I mean, this is a really difficult time because we don't have... Um, not that we don't have it's it's a difficult conversation we're, we're, to have. We're, we're, yeah, it, it, we're usually you know just entertainment, and pop culture, and we're yeah. not really mm-hmm. you know that serious focus. But everyone you know needs to get serious and focus and have the conversation and demand the change. And you know, I I don't know if this will be one of the steps, but I mean, we damn sure need to get out and vote and vote in local elections because the a lot of the policy Absolutely. that starts starts at a local level yeah. and it matters who gets elected. 
Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I would just put on the radar for your listeners and, and for yourselves as well is the People of Color Indigenous Caucus at the Minnesota Legislature is pulling together a set of policy ideas that have been vetted in the community and various um, various processes uh, that reflect a really sound foundation for systemic change, for creating the recourse for folks to stand up for themselves and be heard and, and, and drive meaningful, lasting, positive change. Mm-hmm. And, and this, so is, I would, this is something oh, that's going to be... Ha- can you say that again? The be the first part. I'm sorry, Akua. How would we? Oh, sure. So the the People of Color and Indigenous mm-hmm. Legislator Caucus is putting together a set of legislation, and that's something um, that they'll be sharing more broadly as okay. as it comes uh, into a clearer picture. And that's something that everyone who's listening, when they see that come, first of all, be looking for it. Uh, Senator Hayden, Senator Jeff Hayden, would be a good person to to watch for that information. Uh, as it comes through, call your legislators, call your local elected officials, and tell them that you're that you want to demand that they make change. Mm-hmm. We, you know, power can seize nothing will. without a demand. We need to demand yeah. that, that happen. Yeah, it's 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 so true, and it is kind of amazing. I know President Obama put out his second statement uh, today, and he, you know. Again, he's, you know, basically the same thing is that we do, it is starting at the local level is so important because otherwise it's just nothing happens. And that is one of the places where we make change. And, you know, we do need to rally everybody Mm -hmm. for that and that we all have to demand and speak up for that, uh, those changes and those inequalities to be addressed and if we have to do it that way then that that is that's what we got to do no more looking away you know, i want to make absolutely I, I think you're absolutely right two more um tangible suggestions that i would offer is uh, when so i've had lots of, of opportunity uh to lead conversations around racial equity with largely white um, organizations or groups and the thing that i would uh, just remind people is that safety, so we talk about safe conversations, safety and discomfort are not, uh, or safety and comfort are not the same thing. So people will say, like, I need a safe space. And what, what often is meant by that or implied by that is you need me, you need to make me comfortable in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And when we're centering the comfort of people who are, who are in charge, who are part of the dominant culture, we're absolutely working at cross purposes with our stated goal. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Akua, we oh, appreciate wow. your time today so much. We're going to keep your Thank number. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. We're going to keep your number, and I hope we can talk to you again and, and just appreciate I would love it. That. And uh, let, let's keep moving forward for justice, and we appreciate it, and we'll Thanks. be right back.